This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. You're listening to 3 and 30 Takeaways for Moms, Episode 170, Taking Care of Mama After a Baby. Welcome to 3 and 30, a podcast for moms who want to create more meaning in motherhood. Each 30-minute episode will feature three doable takeaways for you to try at home with your family this week. I'm your host, Rachel Nielsen. Thank you so much for being here. Before I started recording this episode today, I did a quick Google search and discovered that according to the United Nations, 385,000 new babies are born throughout the world every single day. Do you know what that means? That means that 385,000 brave women are going through the miraculous and traumatic experience of bringing life into this world every single day. My friends, that is a really big deal. Childbirth and the postpartum recovery are soul-stretching, and in today's episode, we're focusing on the importance of taking care of mom after she has a baby, no matter if this is her first baby or her fifth baby, because no matter how many babies you've had before, and even though so many women around the world give birth each day, every single birth and postpartum experience is completely different. We do ourselves and each other such a disservice when we minimize or rush postpartum recovery, self-care, and community care for new moms. I know that after my daughter Sally was born, I needed so much more hands-on help than I was expecting I would. I'd had a difficult pregnancy and delivery. I needed to do a lot of physical healing, but on top of that, my hormones and emotions were out of control with debilitating anxiety, insomnia, and panic attacks. I was also in a unique position because I was already a mother via adoption, but this was my first time ever delivering a baby. So I was healing from a vaginal delivery and learning how to breastfeed and doing all of the first-time mom things, even though I wasn't a first-time mom. And let's just say I felt a bit thrown into the fire as my rambunctious three-year-old crawled all over me while I was trying to get the hang of nursing. And come to think of it, maybe that's one of the reasons why I never did get the hang of nursing. I ended up bottle feeding Sally when my poor stressed out body just never made enough milk to keep her fed. My mother-in-law had come to town to help me for the week after the baby was born, and I had thought that that would be more than enough help, right? And maybe most of the time it is, but I found that we needed her to just take care of my toddler and the house. And I needed someone to take care of me and help me with the baby. I needed someone to help me hobble to the bathroom while I was healing, bring me food, and manage my emotional breakdowns. And I needed more than one person. I felt like a wimp that I needed so much help, but my good husband tried to call into work to get a few extra days off. And unfortunately, he was fairly new at his job at the time, and they weren't very flexible with him. It was honestly really disappointing in a time when I really needed the extra help. I only share all of this to say that childbirth and postpartum is no joke, and I really do believe that we as a society need to do a better job of supporting new moms and encouraging them to take care of themselves without feeling guilty or weak. In today's episode, we're going to hear from an amazing mother who has some concrete ideas for ways that we can do that. 
Andrea Faulkner-Williams is a mama of four, and she's actually the co-founder of the company that sponsored this month of podcast episodes, Tubby Todd Bath Co. You've heard me talking all month about their incredible bath products that our family loves. Our favorites that we use almost every day are their all-over ointment, hair and body wash, and bubble bath. And today you're going to get the opportunity to get to know the woman who's the heart and soul of this company and who truly cares so deeply about the well-being of women and families. In the introduction of Andrea's book, which is appropriately titled, You've Got This Mama, Andrea writes, A few years ago, when my husband Brian and I started Tubby Todd, we saw it as a solution for our little one's sensitive skin and a fun way to work together. But it has grown into something more powerful than we ever could have imagined. To our surprise, these all-natural skincare products have facilitated the creation of a beautiful community where mamas can connect on how to care for their little ones and themselves. I love that idea that as we care for our little ones, we can also care for ourselves, and we must. I'm so excited for you to hear my conversation with this amazing woman and cheerleader for moms. So with no further ado, here is my conversation with Andrea Faulkner-Williams. Andrea, we are so excited to have you on 3 and 30 today. Oh my gosh, this is like a dream come true in my life. Oh. Well, you're so nice. And thank you so much also, not just for coming on, but for sponsoring the podcast. It really means so, so much. I love your work. I love your products. And I also just love your story. I briefly mentioned in the introduction that when you started Tubby Todd with your husband, it was really because you wanted to work together and you wanted to help families of babies with sensitive skin like yours. But did you suspect or did you know back then that through the process, it would grow to be a community of moms and that you would really grow to love mothers so deeply themselves through this work? No, I did not suspect that. Like in our dreams, the dream was that we could take care of our family through having this company together, my husband and I. And we had had other companies together that never really turned out to be anything that could be our full-time gigs. Um, Mm -hmm. So when we started Tubby Todd and we created these incredible products and then we had this dream of working together fulfilled, this byproduct of having this mama community that is so strong and so supportive and have become such great friends of mine is another benefit I never knew would be a part of my life. And it's just been one of the greatest things about Tubby Todd. They are the heart and soul of our brand, the Tubby Todd Mama, and everything we do, every piece of content we create and every product we create is with them in mind. Yeah. And I feel that so deeply from you. And even knowing you a little bit personally, I I can tell that this is not just about your business and the products, that your love of moms runs so deep. And you know, you've written a book, which I'll link in the show notes here. And I sat down and I read through the whole thing last weekend when preparing for this interview. And I love it because it's a workbook that moms can really dive in. And it's just your love of moms and your desire for them to see the good in themselves and care for themselves well is so evident in this book and in your whole brand. So thank you for what you do. And I'm so excited today that we're going to talk more deeply about how moms can take care of themselves after a new baby. Because so often we're just so focused on that new little bundle, which we should be, but we also need to be thinking about ourselves. And you can introduce us to that topic and then start us off with your first takeaway. Yes. So we are calling this episode Taking Care of Mama After a Baby. And no matter how many children you have had, Mm -hmm. whether you've adopted or had a surrogate, adding another person to your family is an incredible experience. And it affects 
everyone in the household, not just for a few days or weeks, but in our home, we're coming on almost two years with our fourth child, which Mm -hmm. I can't believe, but it feels like we're just really all settling in. (laughs) Yeah. It took a while to integrate. The more the more people who are here, it took longer to bring that fourth little one in. And my first suggestion is to listen to mama. She knows best. You are the one who will have the inspiration for what you need to take care of yourself. And I think it's really hard to listen to yourself. I work with a life coach named Natalie Clay. And she recommends that you listen to the self-chatter. It's kind of that behind-the-scenes talk, that narration in your head that's going on throughout the day. So listening to mama after having a baby is listening to the narrative that you're telling yourself. Are you telling yourself that you or your partner should have specific roles in the postpartum journey? So you might be thinking in your head like, why isn't he getting up in the night? Or why is he getting up in the night? Does he think I can't do this? Mm-hmm. Are you telling yourself that you should be producing milk or breastfeeding in a certain way? Um, are you telling yourself that your body should be healing at a certain rate? Like, mm-hmm. why isn't my C-section scar closing up? Or why am I not wearing jeans with a button on them? Mm-hmm. You know? Why don't I have more energy to, I, I should be back to my regular life by now type of thoughts. Right. Right. Maybe you're thinking other people are thinking about you a specific way. Typically, they're not. My dad always says something, if you knew how little other people were thinking about you, you would stop thinking about what they're thinking about you because they're so busy thinking about themselves. (laughs) (laughs) So true. It's always the most humbling thing. But I just wanted to give an example that I remembered from my first delivery. So I had my first baby and I was going to deliver with a midwife and I was going to be so hippie with no epidural. I'm an all natural mama. And then the baby came and I would never dilate after days of contractions. And so I got Pitocin and then I still never dilated. And so then they gave me an epidural. And then the baby still wouldn't come out. So eventually they ripped her out with forceps and I was like left with a gaping hole in the bottom of my private pots. And <laughs> it was a horrible, that was a horrible description. I'm sorry, oh. private parts, but um, that was also a horrible first delivery. And like, it was weeks and months of just pain. And I had a family member call and invite me to a party, an extended family member. She said, oh, hey, can you bring something? And I was trying to like advocate for myself, you know? And so I was like, hey, I don't know if I feel ready to bring something yet. And she said, oh, really? Is something the matter? And she was being sincere. And I said, well, I'm still I'm still healing. And she said, from what? And, mm. you know, she had multiple children and had never had the experience like me. So here I am in a situation where I, for good reason, could stop there and think, oh, she is telling me that I am being dramatic and that I shouldn't still be healing. Well, she wasn't doing that, right? So Mm. that self-chatter started right then in my mind. But what we can do is we can stop right then and check in with yourself and say, hey, what am I telling myself about this situation? Am I allowing myself the time and the ability to have a different experience than someone else? Yes. You know what I think is interesting specifically about childbirth is that because so many people have done it and are doing it all the time. Sometimes we can minimize our own experience and just think, well, 
all women do this all the time. I should be able to just bounce back. I'm a wimp. Or we can even do it to each other. Like, well, I've had a baby too, and I didn't take that long to recover. And we can sort of start to minimize each other's experience when really we just need to realize that every time this happens, it is a miracle and it is a trauma to our bodies. And every woman is going to experience it differently. And that way we can sort of have our own back and say, it's okay that I'm healing at a slower rate than my friend, but that we can also have each other's back and just say, you take as much time as you need, because this is hard stuff we do as women. It may be that women are doing it every single day, but that is, it's hard stuff we're doing every single day as women. Totally. And that leads me to my second tip. So our, my first is to listen to you and to identify mama knows best, but you got to listen to you and what that conversation is. What is the narrative in your head? And the second is to give yourself time. And I think the hardest thing about the idea of giving yourself, a lot of people say, give yourself a fourth trimester. Well, a trimester I mean, that's really not that long. That might be 12 weeks. So if you're saying I need a fourth trimester for everything in my life to go back to normal, that to me is probably going to set you up for um, <laughs> for failure, right? And so I, I have leaned into that idea of a fourth trimester in the past, but I want to give you an example of how not everything in my life was solved in a fourth trimester. So mm. we had three kids. And when we had the fourth baby, my children were all of a sudden older and more aware. And that was a really interesting experience that I hadn't previously experienced with my other children. So I got really sick at the end of my fourth pregnancy with coleostasis. And my eight-year-old daughter was so upset going to bed with anxiety every night because she could tell that my body and the baby were in trouble, right? And I had mm. never been pregnant with that emotion in the home before. I was always monitoring my own emotions and maybe my husband, but not trying to um, to help the emotions of my children, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. so we introduced this fourth baby who's an absolute dream, and his name's Baby Andy Pants. And um, at the same time, I have this cute three-year-old boy who had been just the sweetest little baby trying to find his place as the third child. And so in the first few weeks, we noticed that it wasn't going to be safe to leave the baby in the room with James or even in the vicinity of him because he's a three-year-old boy. And the way that he wanted to play with baby was terrifying. So, and when I say terrifying, it was pretty scary. I will be honest. And probably some of the hardest moments I've had as a mom, because you have that mama bear instinct of protecting the baby, but also, you know, the hurt of feeling like this child has been displaced and that's why he's acting out. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking, oh, within a few months, you know, my little James, my third child, he'll bounce back. Right. I was giving him a fourth trimester. Yeah. You know what? He needed more than a fourth trimester because he was only three. And mm. so I identified in my mind this narrative that he was having a hard time, but then I put a limit on it for him. And I think that that was really unfair to him and to me. And it set us both up to fail, right? And so almost a year went on where I felt like, you know what? James is still not feeling comfortable in this family environment. And it wasn't until I asked God specifically, what does James need? What do I need in order to heal from this experience of bringing this new baby brother into his life? Mm -hmm. And the answer I got was when he tries to hurt the baby or when he tries to take something from him, smother him with love. And so 
anytime he would like, you know, punch baby or take something from him, I'd go over and I'd like lay him down and just kiss him until him and I were like hysterically laughing, right? (laughs) And that is when we saw a change in our home. So when you say give yourself time, after we've identified this, this narrative in our head, make a list of what it is you need to give time and then go to God, go to a higher power, go to your journal and talk to him, talk to yourself about it. And don't mm. put a fourth trimester on it. When I was expecting my fourth, I remember praying, just feeling like I was failing in all areas of housework and schoolwork for my children and everything. And um, I got very specific revelation that was, you need to do two things every day. Move your body. So just get up and walk or do some sort of like light exercise and read your scriptures with your kids every night. And Mm -hmm. I stopped and thought about the greatness of having divine inspiration because that is not something that I could have ever put together on my own, that I needed to move my body every day for my mental health and that Mm -hmm. I needed to read my scriptures with my kids because that would help them learn to read. That would help me have the spirit. That would help kind of accomplish all of my needs physically and emotionally in two simple things. Mm. And so these ideas of asking for Mm. one or two things to do, I think those are really all you should be able to and expect yourself to wrap your head around. And then when your mind gets into tailspin, you go back to those one to two really simple thoughts and you Mm. feel really peaceful that you you are doing what you've been instructed to do. Yeah. And you know, something I love about your take on all of this, I feel like we have a lot of conversations about brand new moms as in first time moms Mm -hmm. and supporting them and, you know, helping them get the self-care they need as they're adjusting to being a mother for the first time. But what I love about what you're saying is every single time you add a baby, (laughs) you should be doing this. I think we start to think I've done this three other times, or I've done this one other time, and this should be easy for me. But these self-care processes and steps are just as important every time you add a baby, if not more important, because the first time you add a baby, all you have to take care of is yourself and the baby. But then when you're adding babies later, you have all these other children's needs that you are navigating. So you really have to get deliberate about what you're willing to take on outside of motherhood for a while. And probably most of it you should let go of for a while. And like you said, not even just three months, but beyond that for a while. Dearly to anyone who feels like, you know, it's been years and I'm not back to my pre-pregnancy weight or my pre-pregnancy habits or my work isn't where I wanted it to be. Like I said, my baby will be two in a few months. And I really feel like in so many ways, I am just coming back into my body. Mm. My body and I were living in two separate places for a while. It was a very strange experience, but we're getting to know each other again. And also my mind was really fuzzy for a really long time. Mm. Um, That leads me to my third point, which is you've got this mama. We can make lists of all the things that we're supposed to do and not do, and we can have our best friends tell us, have God tell us that we're doing an amazing job. But until we decide to really believe that we are doing the best we can and that all our baby needs is us 
And when we take care of ourselves, everyone else is happier until we really believe that self-care is necessary and something that is worthy of our time and our energy. And we really put the positive thoughts we have into motion. We will not be able to find our way again. So I read this book. Everyone should read it. It's called Love is the Way by Bishop Michael Curry. He's the head bishop of the Episcopalian Church. And in the book, he says, love from God helps us transcend the places that hold us. And that idea of transcending the places that hold us has never applied more than when we are coming out of having a baby, right? When we're coming back into our bodies and we're going to be facing postpartum depression, maybe that's what's holding you. Postpartum anxiety, especially after I stopped nursing, I experienced intense anxiety every single time. We're going to be held by body image. We're going to be held by ideas of whether or not we should be breast or bottle feeding. Also, I remember, this is the silliest thing ever, Rachel, but I remember feeling so self-conscious as a new mom of my first little one that I didn't have any toys and like we were really tight on our budget and I felt like we just had the worst toys at our house. But in that those first few months, I just kept thinking, do I have the right toys to stimulate her? Can I afford the toys that will like help her learn? I was so so insecure on so many levels, right? So Mm -hmm. tapping into what are the securities, making a plan for tackling them, and then allowing ourselves to change that narrative. It seems so counterintuitive because we run into these insecurities most when we bring a new baby into our life, but really Mm -hmm. stop and think about it. You have this tiny human being who just sits there all day long and stares and looks at you like you are the entire world because you are their entire world. So mm-hmm. really should feel like Beyonce because <laughs> we have someone staring at us who thinks we are the most beautiful godlike thing alive, right? With zero judgment on our actions. <laughs> like Yeah. And here we are over here like ripping ourselves apart. Is yes. that crazy? Yes, it is crazy. And I love that quote, transcend the places that hold us. So love is the way to do that is what he says. And how do you make that applicable? Like, so is it loving yourself that helps you to do that? How do you do it? Yeah, I think it's, well, let me just say one thing. I think going back to hormones and emotions, I really believe that professional help for most women after children is necessary in some way. I have sought the care of a vaginal reconstructive physical therapist. So after Mm -hmm. my first delivery and second delivery, because my tears were so bad, I had to go to a physical therapist to have my body repair. I've needed the help of an actual therapist. I've needed the help of antidepressants and anti-anxiety medicine, and then also a life coach. And that that's just on top of my OB appointments and my midwife appointments, right? Like I think that if we have something holding us that is a physical or emotional limitation, we won't be able to transcend unless we allow the work to go there. So that would be my first thing that I would advocate for anyone. I promise you, you are not the only one suffering. Mm. And if you don't have a friend telling you that it's okay to go talk to someone, let that friend be me today. Because my professional life, my marriage, and my life with my children would be severely compromised if I hadn't sought that help. And it has been compromised in times when I've fought that. So first breaking down those barriers that like we can't fix ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. And then really allowing our brains 
to rework the thoughts that we're telling ourselves. And again, that goes back to the chatter that is going on inside our mind and then giving ourselves time and a plan to redirect that chatter. I can't tell you all day long I'm questioning myself. Like you would think like, oh, Tubby Todd has grown so fast. We have this amazing company and all these Instagram followers. All day long I am finding myself being like, but am I, you know, am I doing a good job at work? Mm-hmm. Should I have done this? Should we have done this promotion? Did I work with this team member correctly? I am fighting those thoughts all day long. Success for other people to see is not going to mean anything if it's not in my own head, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. So doing the work throughout the day, getting your own back. Yeah. And in your book, you have a lot of beautiful suggestions for mantras and visualizations. Yes. I love one you have in here about your body. I have it right here. It says, since becoming a mother, my body has changed. My body can now do these things. And you have them fill it in. My body has surprised me by, I love blank about my postpartum body. So you fill it in and then you say it to yourself out loud as like a visualization or a mantra. Do you do a lot of this type of meditation or visualization in your own life to overcome some of the things that are holding you? Yeah. So like currently weekly, I meet with a life coach just to talk about anything. You know, we've spent like two or three sessions just talking about COVID because I felt Mm -hmm. like I was getting so worked up my anxiety about COVID and about people's thoughts about COVID. And then I got COVID and the shame and the blame. Things that might seem silly to spend time and money talking to someone on, but it freed up so much mental space and energy, right? Mm -hmm. So I do that weekly. The other thing I do is daily scripture study with my kids. So that allows me to like center myself spiritually there. But then I do listen to an inspirational talk or scripture. And so I start my day every day listening to that. Mm Mm-hmm. And just kind of, you know, ramping myself up for the day ahead. And then I try, I used to journal almost every day. And the more children I've added, the less my journaling. I saw your boxes of all your journals the other day. I love mm-hmm. them. My husband's always like, what are we going to do with all of these? I'm like, oh man, you do not want to throw away Andrea's 14-year-old thoughts. Like you got to keep those, right? Totally. Yeah. Yes. Um, so for a while, I was texting when I was driving around. That was my brain. Mm-hmm. And now I actually have been typing it in Google Docs or I'll write myself emails and then I have them in an email tab. So mm-hmm. I'm just always kind of tricking myself into doing it. I wish that I was consistent enough to get up and journal every day, but I'm not, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm tricking myself every day to get these crazy thoughts out of my head and onto paper and make sense of them. Oh, totally. Journaling has been a huge way for me to process and heal through my whole life. But like you, I've done less of it the more children and the busier I've gotten with my business when really I probably need it more than ever. I have more to process now than I did at 14. So, (laughs) you know, I and I'm really trying to bring it in and make it a regular part of my life again. So do you have the Flex of Gold journal yet that I put out? Because if not, I'm going to send you one. No, I want one so bad. I just saw it on your Instagram this morning and I was like, why don't I have this? No. Well, yeah, I'm going to send you one because it's a perfect it's a motherhood journal where you can capture one beautiful moment every day that you had with your kids. And it just is a reminder of as hard as the day was, if there's even one fleck, one tiny little moment, then you can focus on that. And then it helps you to see as your day is going, you're looking for the flex and you're looking for the positive with your family, with your kids. And I have found with COVID that 
our days all feel the same because we're here and we're home. And so it's, it is harder to find the gold, but when I'm looking for it or when I choose to create it, which is another thing as a mom I can do, it's there. So that's been super helpful for me. And it really sounds to me like you do a good job, or at least you strive to, you try to, of including yourself in your own circle of care. And that's that's something that I've learned from Dr. Julie Hanks. She talks about that, that as moms, we need to be in our own circle of care. So we are giving as much attention to our care as we are to our children and our partner and not saying we're more important, but we're not less important either. We're all in the circle of care of the family and we're giving equal amount of resources to the care of everyone. Sometimes that fluctuates depending on if someone in the family has a stronger need at that time, they may be getting more. And sometimes that might be you, honestly, the mom might be the one that needs that. But just remembering to keep yourself in your own circle of care, especially when you have a new baby. Yeah. I remember my mom. So my mom was on your podcast a few years ago and people always talk to me about that episode about you two. You do have a good thing going, you and Marilyn. Um, (laughs) But I love my mom. I've been really lucky to have a great relationship with my own mother. A lot of people do not have that. But I remember every afternoon, you know, she'd do pickup from school and everyone had a million activities, but she would always get the mail in this big brown sack and sit down on the couch and open the mail and have a, you know, a soda or a water and just sit down in the middle of the day. And I have a lot of friends who tell me, oh, I don't, you know, I'm not off my feet the entire day. And I remember as like a 14 year old looking at my mom in our living room thinking, she looks so happy. You know, Mm. she really took care of herself and had moments throughout her day and throughout her life when she did stuff that she liked. And Mm -hmm. I really liked being around her because she was happy, you know? I, I think our kids appreciate that more than we know. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a young mom, my kids were young and I was really not doing well emotionally. I wasn't very happy. And I read a quote, something like, only I can give my kids a happy mom. And I realized I need to get some help because yeah. if not for me, then for them, yeah. they deserve to have a happy mom. Yeah. And so that was really powerful for me. And it sounds like you had the blessing and I did too, of having a happy mom and what a difference that makes because our moms really took care of themselves and nurtured their passions and stopped and took breaks and all those things that make human beings thrive. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that little baby that's looking up at you right now, they want you to be happy. They want you to be happy more than we understand. Mm -hmm. Yes, absolutely. Well, this has been such a enjoyable and insightful conversation, Andrea. And I would love for you to finish us off by just telling us a little bit more about Tubby Todd and about the products that you have there, particularly for a new mom who may be feeling a little overwhelmed or stressed. How might Tubby Todd help her? So we have mama products for the transition from pregnancy to your first few months postpartum. We have a mama set that is perfect for any expecting or new mom. But one thing that I love the most about working with new mamas is giving them our regulars. So it's three simple products, our wash, our lotion, and our all-over ointment that are your bath care necessities. The products are natural and safe, 
safe for ages newborn to 90, face-friendly, and great for sensitive skin of all kinds. So if you have a little one prone to eczema, cradle cap, psoriasis, and basically all newborns at some point are going to run into one of these things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the simplicity of our regular bundle because it just sets bath time up for you. Bath time should really be this intimate, beautiful, emotional time where you get to focus on nothing but the baby. They need you. You need them. And you keep them safe and clean and healthy. And we want to help make that simple for you by providing the simple bath care solution. One tiny squeeze is all you need. So a little bit goes from head to toe. That's an important thing to remember because a little goes a long way. It lasts a long time, so you don't have to reorder often. And so that's our regulars bundle. It's a three products for $40. And I think you have a code. So Yeah, I do. I have a 15% off code so people can use that and check out all of the goodness that there is to offer. And I'll put all that information in the show notes. Andrea, thank you so much for what you've created with your husband and just the passion that you have for helping families. I think it really came through in this episode today. And we're just so grateful to have had you as a sponsor of 3 and 30. Okay. Well, Rachel, you're the real deal. Before we started recording, I just told Rachel how if anyone wants to transcend the places that hold them, just look at Rachel's life and how she has created this incredible portal to reach women in their most vulnerable times, has connected them and done it all from the comfort of her home. And I don't even know how you do everything. I couldn't even figure out how to get the podcast or just start. It took us like 20 minutes to get me on here. So let alone have headphones. Like she's blowing my mind. Oh, well, that is so generous, Andrea. Thank you so much for your kind words. And it is a delight to talk to you. We talked before the episode started. We have now had all three of the original Faulkner women on the podcast. And you are all just amazing. And I'll link that in the show notes too. Her mom, Marilyn's been on, her sister, Allison, and now Andrea. So we've had the Faulkner magic and we're just so grateful. (laughs) Thank you. What a delightful conversation that was for me. I hope you all loved it as well. I just love Andrea's emphasis on being willing to give yourself permission for radical self-care in those months, even years after you have a new baby, as everyone in the family adjusts to a new normal. By way of recap, these were Andrea's three takeaways for us to remember. First, listen to mama. When I first heard this takeaway, I thought that Andrea just meant to listen to your intuition and your gut when it tells you what you need after you give birth. And I know she for sure believes that. But I think she was also adding to this that sometimes our own self-chatter can get in the way of our intuition and healing. So yes, we need to listen to our intuition, but we also need to listen to our negative self-talk in that we need to be aware of it so we can stop listening to it. We need to know that it's happening and examine it and ask ourselves if that self-chatter is actually worth listening to or if there's a deeper voice within us that is more worth listening to because it truly knows what we need. Second takeaway, give yourself time. It's not as simple as just giving your physical body a set period of time like a fourth trimester or something to heal and to bounce back. Remember that when you add a new human to your family, Everything changes as it should, and it may take months or even years to get into the groove of a new normal. Be gentle with yourself and with your relationships, and I love Andrea's advice to ask God for one or two things that you can focus on for yourself and for your family, and let go of the rest until a different season. And third and finally, you've got this, Mama. This is the truth, and you deserve to believe this. 
And if you can't yet believe it because you don't have the adequate supports in your life, then please reach out for professional support and social support in whatever ways you may need them. Your kids deserve a happy mom and you deserve to be a happy mom. Please know that as always, I am rooting for you. I really am. If you recognize that you need support in some way, please know that you are always welcome to send me an email and I can let you know if I know of any resources that might help you. I certainly don't have all the answers, but through my three and a half years of hosting this podcast, I've come to know of a lot of resources and I'm always more than happy to point you in the right direction for whatever your unique needs are or to just give you encouragement and say, you can do this and it's hard and you're not a wimp. So please feel free to always, whenever you want, shoot me an email at hello at 3in30podcast.com and either I or my assistant Molly will get back to you personally with whatever encouragement or resources we have. I hope you know that I really mean it when I say that I'm rooting for you and I love you. We can do hard things. Many thanks again to Tubby Todd for sponsoring this month of episodes. And I hope you all have a fabulous week with your family. Hey, I'm Lizzie Mathis, the host of the Cool Mom Code podcast, where motherhood is your key card to the coolest spot in town. I'm excited to give you a behind the scenes, real talk combo between some of the most influential and tastemaker mamas I know. Subscribe and stay tuned for new episodes weekly on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen so you don't ever miss a beat. See you there.